Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. It's Friday, September 18th, and guess what? It's our 75th show. Pretty cool. Uh, with us on the show is my cousin, a barbecue fanatic, and Twitter famous, Tim Davis. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you for having me, cousin. Thanks for showing up, Uncle Tim. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Uh, Tim's not actually my cousin, but somebody made a joke about thinking that we were cousins, or maybe they really thought we were cousins on the internet. I, I have no idea where it came from or how, but here we are. Well, let's uh, let's do one of those... Um, tests and find out how distantly related you guys are it's time if we are cousins it's a house divided because we root for different teams but uh, anyway whatever let's move on tim tell the people what you do and uh then let's get into some tech news and then maybe you have some fun things to share about your own personal career (laughs) i can do i can do a couple of the (laughs) <laughs> I, I can do a couple of those at once. So uh, as of right now, I'm a um, cloud developer advocate for VMware. Uh, next week will be my last week with VMware. Um, I have been presented with a fantastic opportunity, and I am starting that Yay. on the 28th of this month. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not quite ready to dump that out there. But uh, if people are paying attention, there's a lot of little breadcrumbs out there, and it's pretty easy to figure out. Um, well, I am I'm both <laughs> sad, devastated, and excited for you. So, congratulations! It's gonna be good, man. I uh, I am You're sad to leave VMware. Me. I know it. <laughs> I know it's it's gonna be hard leaving. It's VMware is a place that I've wanted to work for a very very long time. I've worked here. I've gained a lot. I've met a lot of great people, such as yourselves. And uh, I just I I was given an opportunity I couldn't say no to. So uh, it's That's gonna great. be it's gonna be really cool. I'm still gonna be tied into the community. This company uh, does a lot around, so it'll kind of tie me into a lot of different groups around, but I will absolutely still be around the V community. That's cool. So and and that's something I love. About, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Tyler. I was just going to say, it's something I love about the V community in general is that I, I've seen a lot of people, one, gravitate towards VMware, which is really neat, especially because I found myself there and it's awesome. Um, but uh, when they leave, they're, they're definitely still part of the community. I, I've seen over just the past, you know, three, four years that I've been here, I've seen a lot of people leave VMware, but still stay actively engaged sort of in the same online social circles. So it, it just kind of creeps out past VMware, you know, a, as a single company. It's, it's really cool. And I think, I think it's great. It, it kind of also widens the community reach a little bit. I mean, the V community mm-hmm. is not just VMware. It's so many other different technologies. Like think of how many people have gone to HashiCorp at this point and they're not gone. They're still around because HashiCorp and all their stuff is very relevant to the vSphere community and all the other people in there. So uh, um, I'm not going far. I'll still be around and uh, I'll I'll definitely still be, um, you know, shit posting on Twitter a lot and bothering a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the community is full of people that have never even worked at VMware, right? It's just with, with, uh, with VMware things, right? You know, no, customers, partners, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, thanks for letting me, uh, you know, throw that out there. I know I vague posted a little bit the other day um, and told you guys I would drop it here. So, yes, I am officially leaving VMware as of next Friday. Uh, on to new things, but still around. Until you're bought by VMware and then you come right back into the fold. I will, I will not drop dime on who said this, but I've already had at least one person say that they're going to immediately start working on getting this company acquired. Yeah. And and another person said, Oh, cool. It'll be great when you get acquired and come back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Going to a little startup, bunch of great innovation. I I will be employee number nine. It's going to be very cool. Wow. Nine. That's awesome. That is cool, awesome. Man. That's well, going to be cool. Congratulations. Experience. Yeah. Looking Appreciate forward it. to hearing uh, more about it, what it is, all that kind of stuff. And uh, there you go. You heard it here. Let's get into the, the tech news. Tim, I'll let you kick it off if you want. Is there anything uh, that's been on your mind lately in, in the news regarding tech or space or yeah. science um, or math or anything tangentially? <laughs> yeah. I know we have to make sure that it's kind of tangentially related here. Um, 
I am looking forward to next Tuesday, the 22nd at 10 o'clock Central Time. That is when the new Xbox goes on pre-order. Nice. What's your draw? What's your jam? What What is the very first thing you're going to spin up and uh, allow to update for four to seven hours? <laughs> oh, man. So I've been playing the uh, the remaster of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, also, PGA Tour 2K21 uh, is awesome. So those are the first two things that are going to get loaded up. I, I've been reading a lot about the Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater, you know, revival and um, yeah. a lot of just the sentiment towards it. It was really positive and stuff like that. And I remember playing that game. It wasn't a long period of time, but I played it endlessly within the little bracket that I played it, just trying to, you know, get the the highest possible score doing the most obnoxious yeah. things by stringing stuff together. And and so watching that, like it brought back a lot of nostalgia, but I have not fired it up yet. So I, I'm it is have exactly to... what you remember it to be. Oh my and gosh, so that's amazing. It, it's just, it's, it's just cooler. Yeah. I, and I actually, I had to go through because by default, when you're playing the first one, because in the main menu, you can pick one and two, it's all kind of rolled into one. I had to go, and I'm, it was throwing in songs that weren't on the original soundtrack. Yeah, so I, I, I had to go and edit the track list down yeah. so that it only played number one songs when I played number one. Uh, it, it's so, so funny. It's really interesting too because a lot of people were talking about like half of the articles I read about Tony Hawk Pro Skaters uh, what re- remaster was the soundtrack is so close, but it's not perfect, and here's why. And so it was all about making <laughs> yeah, adjustments to, to get that feel back. I just, it cracked me up. Now, I, it's kind of soured a tiny bit for me, simply Uh-oh. because since I played it way back then, the Skate series came out, and this, this, the Skate series just blew away Tony Hawk's Pro Skater in oh, terms really? of the control mechanism and how uh-huh. you actually use it. Uh, much more realistic, uh, you know, physics and everything like that. So it's uh, it, it's a little bit different, but at the same time, the nostalgia comes back and it's just as cool. That's cool. So what's the highest score you got? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you at this point. I'd have to go look. <laughs> what was your question, Julie? Yeah, so realistic physics, you're just saying like you, you, you can't go up just like a small half pipe and then end up 70 feet in the air like you can in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Right, and it's like you jump up and you Vertically do a kick. glide on a rail. Yeah, you yeah. do a, you do a kick flip and then you can stop midair. You can spin 360 and the board stays glued to your feet. That kind of stuff just doesn't happen in real life. And That's in all fairness, skate has a little bit of that problem too, but it's a lot better about handling some stuff like that. So. Uh, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting. And then also I think they announced skate four a little while back. So that should be coming out at some point. I forget the level, but there's, there's a level where there's effectively a half pipe inside like a, a greenhouse as part of the level. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. there's, there, there are a number or something. I don't, I can't remember if you go through the glass or not. I, I I'm not visualizing that, but this is eons ago as far as my brain's concerned. Um, But there were various things that you could, you know, do those huge, you know, massive just tricks off the half pipe. And then all of a sudden you're glued to a pipe and just sliding across the roof or something. (laughs) And then, and then you come back down. But I remember that was definitely like my high score jam right there i forget because you could you could string together like 200 tricks right and then you could just wiggle out you know doing the i don't even know the names because i was never a skateboarder but (laughs) that's why i gotta i gotta you and i weren't probably skateboarders because (laughs) too busy playing tony hawk games well no like i don't know just thinking for myself it's either also because i'm like tall and lanky and maybe that makes it difficult but yeah me too i don't know tony hawk is kind of that way you're not that way anyway (laughs) <laughs> I was really confused. Cannot, I don't know. I'm confusing myself. Whatever. Uh, you get on Tony Hawk and you can bust all these like amazing moves, and then you go out and you stand on the on a skateboard and you just fall on your butt immediately. And it's like, yep, all right, bust it immediately. <laughs> yeah. No way. I used to. I was I was into rollerblading, and I used to do that more. I never got into oh, skateboarding. Yeah. I don't know why, but I I wasn't shy about doing anything on a rollerblades. That's true. I was in, into rollerblading as well, street hockey stuff like that. Yeah. I only I only got into the aggressive skating for like a week because there was this group of younger kids that was inline skaters, 
and they would always talk a bunch of crap to us, the older skateboarders. <laughs> and it was like, dude, you couldn't do what I do. And we ended up switching for like a week. And I, both of us just got incredibly hurt and it was hilarious. I was going to say, that, that's it was a, a good time. for absolute disaster, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. But it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. So you were a skateboarder. What is your opinion on the scooter uh, things at the park? Do you just call them scooters? I don't know, yeah. At the skate park. No. So I, I, I think it takes a whole lot of skill. Now there's a lot of like, you know, six year old kids that just go riding. Oh, yeah. Or... yeah, for sure. So like I, I'm the old man at the skate park these days. There's a skate park. Get off my lawn. It's about five Hello, minutes kids. down the road. <laughs> Hello, fellow children. Yes. But no, so like, I mean, that's like, I brought my daughter there and let her ride the ramps cool. on her scooter and stuff like that while I skate. I mean, it's, it's, it's inclusive. It's fun. It gets kids out there. It gets kids doing things, which is important. Now, if I was a young kid, then I would be extremely pissed because they're in my way. But I, I've been going to skate parks forever. So I've been teaching her, you know, the etiquette of if you see somebody who's doing a line, stay out of it, you know, don't cross right in front of the, you know, the main lines of the park. the streams. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I mean, it takes a lot of skill to do it well. I mean, if you look at uh, yeah. our Willie, who works with the Nitro Circus guys, he's the number one scooter rider in the world. Uh, dude, he does some just crazy stuff on scooters. So, I mean, it, it, it definitely takes skill and it's more than welcome. Is that is that normal in the uh, industry, the community where people just they follow the rules of etiquette and everyone is very inclusive or is it, uh, is it? A so bag? yes, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag, but generally like if you have people that skate a lot, they know that they get pissed if somebody gets in their line. So they stay out of other people's line. It's just kind of, you figure it out as you go along. And that's something that I've had to teach my daughter is like, just don't sure. cross in front of somebody watch out it's, in all directions. Cause you never know. It's more of like going. understanding etiquette and just being right. generally respectful as opposed to like I, my experience in snowboarding skiing, especially in certain parts of the well, world, not just the United States is like snowboarders are disasters. So stay off my mountain. Um, right. <laughs> It it sounds like it's not quite that extreme, at least in uh, in this I guess concrete skate community. <laughs> no, yeah, not, I mean more more often than not, you'll see that there is an unspoken etiquette, and people will pay attention to that. That's cool. That's cool. All right, let's move into some tech news. That's awesome. Uh, I'm gonna have to play that game and uh, yeah, just same. have some have some nostalgic moments. There. It's awesome. Uh, Tyler, I think you found some gateway computer news follow up off of uh, <laughs> somebody shared the fact that Walmart brought back gateway computers on one of our yeah. previous shows. What year is it? What'd you find? It's funny because I, I thought gateway yeah, was totally dead, right? That's what we brought back. That was our response uh, on Wednesday. Tim was just like, wait, what? I thought it was gone. So I, I learned a couple of things about it. One, Acer, I believe, bought the gateway brand um, or Actually, it was kind of unclear. Maybe Acer was one of the ones that started it. Anyways, the Acer built their own brand in the United States. I think most people are familiar with Acer laptops, Acer computers at this point. Um, yeah. Well, they uh, they actually responded. Ars Technica was trying to figure out where the heck did these gateway you know laptops come from. And uh, long story short, they are oh, they're rebranded. They're not desktops? Yeah, they, no, no, no. They're laptops. All of them are. So uh, sorry, oh, pause for a second. Did Gateway ever make laptops previously? No, I goodness no. Only. no. No, 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 no. Yeah, Giant, okay. like just monoliths of boxes, but they always had the right. cat logo on it. No, yeah, that's exactly. it. All they brought back was the logo. And literally all they brought back was the logo. Because it turns out Gateway uh, via Acer has nothing to do with the manufacturing process whatsoever in these laptops. They are actually just rebranded Evo, Evo, E V O O, which is a a, I guess a Chinese importer. So they're they're you, they're importing devices from a Shenzhen uh, Chinese national brand, um, which you know probably just like buying Huawei or something like that. You know you, you know what you're getting into if you're importing a Chinese manufacturer. Uh, laptop, right? Especially if it's branded that way. But in particular, what I found interesting is that the Evo laptops, the first wave, were designed to be these very affordable sort of a Chromebook competitor, right? And um, I, I kind of went down this rabbit hole a little bit. People were a little excited about it, and then they got them, and then they 
they were universally despised because they were grossly underpowered and just generally awful in every way. And so, <laughs> so getting to the bottom of that, it's it like the end of the article, of course, I, I love the way ours writes up their tech news, but at the end of the article, it basically just says, like, if you're gonna, if you're willing to even give this a second try, look at effectively the highest brand or the highest rated version, which kind of creeps out of the most affordable range, right? It's about 500 bucks. But, um, yeah, the sentiment was very much like, ew, why'd they do that? <laughs> so they were targeting like a couple hundred dollar laptops? Yeah, yes. And then on the high end, about 500 bucks? Wow. Yep. Huh. And it looks like the, the most expensive one they have, because they, they definitely creep up, is actually a thousand bucks. It's a 15.6-inch oh. laptop. Wow. It's got eight gigs of RAM. I mean, it's it's not it's not incredibly expensive. Sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, but spending a thousand There's obviously a huge market cheap. for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and that was kind of the sentiment of the article, too. It's just like, oh, don't don't throw a bunch of money at this, especially well, this not just as a gateway on the front. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gateway was always that computer where you would just go, you would give them $200, and you, they would give you this disposable beige box with AOL on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. So true. Yeah, that's right. But this goes back to my argument on, I think, the last show, whenever we, we brought this up, is people will willingly go spend $1,400 on a phone, and then they yeah. won't want to spend more than $300 on a laptop. Like, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't get that. I don't. You know you know what, though? Uh, I, I, was, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know why. Probably because we had this conversation, and it comes up a lot. But I would argue, uh, especially, you know, think about, Aaron, you've got young kids. Tim, you've got a daughter at least. Uh Think about what they would be using a device at home for right now, right? It is yeah. extremely limited. In in my case, for sure, my oldest is seven. She does I typing do. practice. She consumes browser-based stuff. Uh, and we limit a lot of that, but it's all just some browser app. It's not performance-heavy. She doesn't right. even use the calculator on a laptop right, right now. So my phone gets abused for its technology every minute of every day. Sure. But the laptop I'm going to give my kid that's probably going to be treated worse than the one my wife uses, which is saying something because it's literally <laughs> held together with clips right now, um, <laughs> is not something I want to spend $1,000 on. Like, it, There's no reason yeah. that it couldn't be like wafer-thin, browser-only sort of with a keyboard device. Like I would gladly buy each of my kids a hundred dollar just fast enough to consume a typing application yeah. and some browser apps sort of laptop. But if they don't exist, saying. they're garbage to get this really basic functionality. So I, I would love to see something that's actually like a good feel that isn't off the charts amazing and capable. It's because yeah. they don't need it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, all the stuff my daughter uses is SaaS-based, um, just, you know, some kind of super light browser, uh, HTML5, so it's, you know, super yeah. fast. It doesn't need half the junk that it's got no. installed on it. So you're absolutely it needs, right. It needs a, a good processor to render that stuff. It needs, it, it doesn't even need probably significant graphics, but at this point with the embedded graphics options on the market, it doesn't really matter. You can get extremely low consumption power-wise. You can get good enough for all that stuff all i need is a keyboard attached to a browser right so yeah fair point okay well that's your latest news on gateway computers uh available at walmart for a hundred dollars and they don't work <laughs> they don't. and their laptop they're not powers anymore it's weird so man. much weird. wrong about that uh okay so uh, I sent you guys a graphic. What yes. happens every minute oh, on the internet? This is awesome. Pick your it favorite really one on there, and let's let's talk about some of it. I think my favorite one is just numerology. It's it's Netflix users streaming four hundred and four thousand four hundred and forty four hours of video every minute. Minute. Oh god. Minute. And it like it's interesting seeing the YouTube uh, is now up to five hundred hours of video every minute. Um, cause like you mentioned earlier, like it's, it, it yeah. used to be like 40, you know, 40 hours or something. So that's up to that. Yeah. Every time I think I found my favorite, I find another one and I'm like, Holy crap, oh, yeah. like 41 million, 
666,667 messages shared a minute in WhatsApp. WhatsApp. That one, yeah, that one I, is insane. That one's still. It out. really is. It really yeah. is insane. Yeah. WhatsApp, over 41 million messages every minute. And I think this this one just resonates and hits me hard because I, I mean, like you guys, I remember having a text messaging plan where I only had like 200 messages a right? month. Oh my and gosh. Now we live in an age where 41 million text messages are sent every minute on just one app. On one platform. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's what got me. When I was looking at that one, the, the thing that jumped off is like, whoa, okay, I want to know what that number is for SMS across all cell phone providers. Oh, right? it's probably stupid. So, I mean, oh, it's got to be astronomical. Because I mean, I, I sit here and I message on my Mac and just sit there and text and type and send messages all day. So it's right. probably crazy high. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if y'all have ever seen the numbers where it's like, oh, at any given point, there's like, you know, 100,000 people in the air in planes over right. the U.S. or something like that, right? Well, the modern equivalent of that, Zoom is hosting over 208,000 participants in meetings every minute, any given minute. Zoom. We, we didn't even know what <laughs> Zoom was five years ago. Right? And now they're like prominently being displayed as, you know, one of the largest sharing apps I, that's crazy that that is a really cool statistic yeah see and there, there's one from earlier oh yeah that's a good one too go ahead yeah 555 meals every minute ordered on doordash that's crazy the the consumer spend one was good and you were you were thinking earlier and we, we was kind of gassed when i read you, it well you well at first you were like oh that doesn't seem like that much and that's because you had forgotten that this was every yeah. minute one that's million the numbers are too big <laughs> They're too big. The numbers are too big. Like if, if when you and y'all, you you should go look at the show notes. Click this link. Um, you're looking around this. It's actually a really cool infographic, and it's just you you see two hundred eight thousand three hundred thirty three participants in meetings in Zoom. Three hundred forty seven thousand two hundred twenty two. New posted stories on Instagram. Six thousand six hundred fifty nine packages shipped from Amazon, and you're like. Then you read a, th- a million dollars is what consumers spend online. And you're like, that seems so low every minute. Oh, mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> well, then here's, here's another one on, on money. $239,196 are sent over Venmo back or forth per minute. I didn't even see that one. It's all the way at the bottom, straight down at six Golly. o'clock. Wow. Almost a quarter million every minute sent back and forth. And that's just Venmo. That's not Zella. It's not PayPal's and version of that stuff. I've never and, used and Venmo. Venmo. They take wow. a piece, right? Wow. They what? Like Venmo, Venmo takes a piece, right? I've never used it. Uh, no, no, it's totally free. It it really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I use Venmo free. all the time. Yeah. Me too. How, what is their rev? What is their like their revenue stream? Is it ad based or how do they make money? Uh, I think they have some features that are only available to like sellers and things like that, but between people, uh, which is somewhat reminiscent of like how PayPal's version works, right? Okay, so it's like PayPal. You can either do to a friend or to a business. I think so, but I've I've literally never paid for something through Venmo where I had to pay a fee. Makes sense. So, well, so yeah, so Venmo does a they'll do a three percent fee, but they waive it if you fund the Venmo balance with a bank account first. Oh, maybe that's right. it. But that makes uh, sense because yeah. otherwise it's a credit you, card transaction and they're paying right. a fee. So that's then still char- free to them. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true because then you're covering the, I don't know, maybe maybe yeah. if you're sending larger amounts of money. I don't know. Well, I tried I to, know. I forget what I was paying for, but uh, I there was a limit and maybe that's it. Maybe Maybe there are like advanced accounts where you can, send higher amounts of money, but there are fees or something like that. I honestly don't know how they make their money, but they've been around forever. Venmo was oh, the yeah. first cash shipping yeah. app that I ever used. It was before PayPal even had options in that space. They're own, aren't they owned by PayPal? They might be now. They were purchased, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I, I've used PayPal ever since I started using eBay, you know, way back in the dinosaur ages. Um, and that's, that's the only online payment processor I use. So I use PayPal for payment processing way before Venmo, but for sharing cash amongst friends digitally, I don't I don't remember when PayPal enabled that, but it was after they bought Venmo, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm totally wrong, but that's that's how my 
my memory plays. I, I don't normally have the use case for sharing cash amongst friends. Now my wife does, so you know she uses it from time to time. I've just I've never personally used it. I do it with my parents a lot to level out grocery bills because we'll you know group buy oh, okay. and stuff like that. So we'll just keep a tally, and then at the end of the month we'll Venmo whoever's up or down. That's cool. Interesting yeah. use case. Yeah, it says their chief income source is a three percent fee it charges for credit card transactions. Wow! So they a lot of have people a debit use, card. That's nuts. They they also offer a debit card in partnership with Mastercard. That makes uh, more sense. Than just okay. Processing well, in general. Yeah, and speaking of uh, eBay and being a dinosaur, when we're when I'm looking at this wheel here, this infographic, I saw Twitter right, and my eyes jumped there because you know we participated in Twitter. It said gains new users three hundred nineteen, and I was like. Wow, that's embarrassingly low on this chart of things. Now, still, that's every minute, right? 319. But it's still uh, lower than you would expect. Yeah. And then by comparison, TikTok is installed nearly 3,000 <laughs> times every minute. That is the one that I was going to say next. I was waiting for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it like TikTok. It, at this point, it's one of the most controversial apps on the planet. It is installed 2,704 times a minute. A minute. Uh, <laughs> oh right. my gosh! Yeah, cool infographic. That's uh, super cool infographic. Definitely check that. it out. It's it's wild. The, that kind of information is always so much fun to look at. And it, honestly, it's a well done infographic too. Uh, pretty intense colors, but other than oh, that, for it's sure, easy to read and follow, and just pretty cool. All right, what else y'all got? I ran into some uh, fun stuff that's definitely getting outside of the normal tech news that we get into. But uh, one, which is funny, I was having a conversation with uh, one of my new neighbors the other day, um, and uh, she works in the wine industry. Um, I think she works with distribution of a you know, New Zealand company, if I'm not mistaken. But um, she was saying there, she was telling this really cool story um, that I have not had a chance to go look into, but it was talking about a, a very prominent basically wine collector um, who was sort of well known for having an extraordinary palate. Um, but he was, <laughs> he was caught and at, at the very least fined and his home was raided or homes or wherever he stored large amounts of wine for purchasing, you know, $250,000 bottles of wine as an example, and then taking them back into this very extensive lab to forge them and he would get swill effectively i say swill swill compared to a quarter million dollars for a bottle of wine um, he would use his incredible palate to effectively match the taste of these incredibly fine wines and then huh. rebottle them and go back out and sell them to investors at you know six figures and so um Wait, marketing I, one, it as the same wine Wow. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and it's no, no, no. Same wine. Extremely rare oh, wine. Well, right. Problem. So no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, absolutely. He was selling it to investors. So he, I, again, I haven't found a write up on this yet. So it was an anecdote from my neighbor, but it made it sound like he would drink it, enjoy it. And then he would basically refill the bottle with something that t arguably tastes close enough that he's probably, you know, sort of preying on that very human. Well, I, I could never get defrauded. So this can't be you know, fake, right? So you pay a quarter million dollars for something. Well, a, you probably had the money to throw away at that. But if you <laughs> open it up and share it amongst friends, you would never admit that you got swindled. So it went on for quite some time. But Weird. what what I was getting to, the tangent here, is that apparently, um, shifting a little bit in the industry here, the, the same thing is true in single malt aged whiskeys. And, and I completely understand that. If you understand yeah. the aging process in whiskey, I mean, they say 25 years, it's 25 years in a barrel. And the thing that a lot of people don't think about is it's not just like, okay, it's old. That's why it's expensive. It's also expensive, A, because you had to store it that entire time in the barrels in most cases, right? And so the B, storage cost is going to get you on that egress. <laughs> exactly. But, it, but it's even worse than that. It evaporates. So when it's aging in barrels, uh, depending on the barrel, depending on the whiskey, depending on the region, obviously, depending on the storage conditions, you can lose more than 1%. I forget, I forget which distillery is that. I, I want to say it was like uh, Glenn Levitt um, in uh, – in Scotland, but um, they said their scotches uh, evaporate the barrels. Uh, it evaporates roughly 1.7 percent every year. That's so called the angel share. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, I never heard that. The angel share. That's nice. yeah, good call out. Um, so, and, so and that so, was on a commercial for a local whiskey. Hold on, uh, that's cool. Uh, 
they call so where is it? Okay, so Jim Beam has a version called the Devil's Cut. And what they say is <laughs> the angel's share is the portion that evaporates out of the barrel. Yeah. And then the devil's cut is the portion that's left over still in the yep. staves in the barrel. So Jim Beam claims that they extracted all of this leftover stuff from the oh, cask. Wow. And that's what they sell as devil's cut. That's cool. That's actually a really cool concept. I hadn't heard of the devil's cut side of it. The angel's share definitely came up when I was when I was learning that about whiskey in general. But you can imagine at at a one and a half percent rate, roughly, over forty years or even oh, yeah, longer, you're, you're some of these ultra premium whiskeys, you you lose an a phenomenal amount of whiskey. So not mm-hmm. only have you stored this barrel for forty to sixty plus years, but you've lost a, a tremendous amount of your whiskey. So there's a lot of fraud. People will fake these fine whiskeys, and uh, a, a group of scientists actually developed a uh, a tool, a spectroscopic method, that um, that is able to effectively taste the whiskey. And that's just you know a fancy way of saying determine its chemical composition uh, without or through the bottle, which is pretty impressive because the spectro- spectroscopic Whoa. analysis of something like that gets a lot of uh, noise from the glass. Um, but I thought that was really cool, and it, it reminded me of that story that I got from my neighbor too. So I that, that guy, the the wine guy, I, I got to jump back to this. So <laughs> this is possibly somebody who was sitting on a gold mine of a business opportunity yeah. and decided to go the a other legitimate route. one by the way. <laughs> exactly. This. this guy could create his own wines. And, you know, like when you buy a generic brand at the store and it says compare to the ingredients of blank, this guy could make his own wine and give it some weird off name that lets you know, hey, this $300 bottle of wine is exactly like this $250,000 bottle of wine. He'd make a billion dollars. But he decided because vintners do that right like vintners will hire master yeah. winemakers and and you know in the industry these people are well known there there are projects i forget who was talking to this is actually really neat but they basically created some some of the best wines you can buy on the market today by getting a group of these master winemakers together to produce wines uh sort of under the 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 umbrella of every profit made by this effort would be going to charity, right? So mm-hmm. we were able to get these high quality winemakers together. And I, I believe it was Californian. I'll have to go look some of this stuff up. This is all anecdote, but um, it was, it was really cool. But to your point, you're bringing in these people who have the palate and the know-how to, to make these wonderful blends. And if this guy could do that with these quarter million dollars collector wines, <laughs> and he yeah. decided to fraudulently, you know, work on the collector side of things instead of uh, just making fine wine. It is interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he could have made so much money doing it legitimately and just saying, "Hey, I know, it, I know you want to try this quarter million dollar bottle of wine, but here's a five hundred dollar bottle that's exactly the same. Like, here you go." And he would yeah. sell a billion of them. I just, I, man, that's rough. And it just no. think of how how in an industry that has nothing to do with technology, you know, sort of, that reverse engineering like that is so important. Yeah, oh yeah. Hmm. Makes me wonder if uh, the wine industry gets the, and it sounded like you kind of alluded to maybe that they do this, but in the music industry, right, you'll get these like super bands that come together, all these talented musicians that are doing great things off on their own. They come together and they make a record. Uh, it's the wine industry. Does the liquor industry do that? sounds like i don't know about the liquor i wouldn't be surprised um i think i think things like that again it's one of those the there's a very real and unique skill involved in making fine wines fine liquors right so some of that talent is just like you said it's a it's sort of a rock star talent to steal the buzzword term that's used a lot they're they're personalities that can really work magic with their medium and I'm sure if you get a couple of them together, there's some pretty neat things that can happen. You gotta have there's there's have lots of collaborations together. out there. Like, um, so I don't know how familiar you guys are with like craft beer and stuff like that, but like barrel aged stouts are a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know they're great beers because it's interesting to see like the different type of barrel, the different you know whiskey that was in it, how that imparts into the stout. But I 
uh, I'm going to have to do some Googling, but there was a series of beer and whiskey called cask mates. And essentially they would make the beer. Then they would then, you know, age it a little bit in the whiskey barrel so that it took on some of that flavor. Mm -hmm. And then once that was done, they went back through and put the whiskey back in and made another bottle where essentially it took on some of that beer flavor from the cask. So each one had a little bit of a, of a note from the other. Um, and you were essentially meant to buy like a six pack of this plus a bottle of this and then, you know, drink them together. It was a really interesting concept how they did that. Yeah, that man, I could, I, I feel like I could do an entire podcast on craft brewing in general. I, I love it. I used to brew beer a lot back in the day and then I went keto, stopped drinking it. So I kind of stopped brewing. Also, I had a bunch of kids. It's not, not easy to brew lots of beer when you the kids didn't like the beer. to clean and hey man That's you could true. be the kenny coleman of craft beer podcasts there you go no but it, it just reminds me of folks that i i know that are still kind of into it what andy scherzinger i think um makes his own whiskey and i know he's been making beers for a long time and he competes with them and stuff like that so andy if you're listening you should come on the show and talk about it but um it's a fascinating industry uh, sure. just to get into it and see like when, when you say craft, like beer and whiskey, and of course wine is like this too, the amount of technical knowledge and expertise that goes into producing a lot of that is off the charts. Everything from the equipment you need to store it, clean it, all of it, to the recipes that you put together and the timing and the releasing of different enzymes and stuff like that. It is so intricate and fascinating to me. Yeah. Like with, with making an IPA, your hop schedule is literally down to the minute for when you have to put how much in there. Yeah. There's all kinds of technology there for consistency. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, and consistency, if you're not using, you know, mechanized methods is, is that skill, that talent. So it's, it's cool. It's really cool stuff. Awesome. Uh, Tim, I, I feel like the people would be upset if I didn't ask you what you were cooking up this weekend. <laughs> uh, so I actually don't know what I'm cooking yet this weekend. Saturday mornings is generally when I like to uh, to go to the butcher shop. Um, so I, I usually just wait and see what's on sale or what looks good. Um, I go to a, a butcher shop that has been around literally my entire life. It's been exactly the same since I was a kid. That's um, awesome. Yeah, man, it, it's great. Um, Hirsch's Meats in Plano. If you're around and you've never yes. been, go there. That place is the best. Like I, I yes, love I them. love that place. It, it's it's it. So for me, it's a, there's no real good way to get there because it's like in the middle of that weird square <laughs> highway. So I have to take right. my Custer all the way and sit at every light. It's worth yep. every second that it takes to get there. Like their their jalapeno cheese sausage that's cased in house. All of their meats are always like top, top, top quality. They have it's, it's absolutely phenomenal meat. Yeah. And great fish too. Not that that's not meat, but absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, so it's just one of those things where I don't, I don't plan out in advance unless somebody goes, Hey, let's have brisket or something like that. But I just, I, I go and I get whatever speaks to me that day. So we'll, we'll so have to you, find out. So do you use, you know, IOT sensors and all this kind of stuff when you cook or you, you just sit there and you know, it's the magic of Tim. Uh, I cheat a lot. Uh, um, yeah, it's not yeah. cheating. It's not cheating if it works, you know. See, if see, it, and that's it, that's it the does thing. Exactly what you want, right? And that's that's one thing. I know there's a lot of people that are barbecue purists, and they say you have to use a stick burner and you have to stay up all night. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. I have a wait, wait, wait. Te- what's a what, what's a stick burner? Just the the old school smoker where you literally put a bunch oh, of logs cool. in one side. Yeah, and it's going. And you have to like keep the fire going perfectly all night. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's that's not for me. So I've got my big green egg, which is a manual Kamado, but I also have the automatic temperature controller for it. Um, so I've got that. I use that when I'm using my egg overnight. But other than that, I also have the Traeger, which has the Wi-Fi technology. So it's got the temperature sensor. It'll hold everything. I can go on the, the web from anywhere in the world and change the temperature, you know, and do what I need to do. So, schedule too. Yeah, it's oh, great. Wi-Fire? Yeah, that's their, their that's you know, funny. online technology. I love it. And it's one thing where like, you know, a, a couple of years ago, we had an event here in Texas that we called V Brisket Texas. We were able to use that name from the guys, you know, up in Western PA. And we had Matt from Meat Church out. 
And somebody asked them, they're like, hey, I have one of those electric pellet grills at home and everybody tells me I'm cheating. And the best thing I ever heard Matt say was, does it make a brisket? Well, yeah. yeah. And he's like, great. Don't ruin a perfectly Moving good on. brisket over pride. I, mean, it's, <laughs> just, I, don't, I don't care God. what you use. Good food is good food. You want to use a pellet that, grill? That's great. a good wanna, tip in a thousand different contexts, oh, right? for sure. Like, yeah, don't, don't ruin I mean, a good thing over pride. Just put that yeah. on a t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, if you want to babysit your stick burner all night, maybe have a flare up and, you know, you burn the brisket, then great, you do you. But I'm going to put it in the Traeger, I'm going to put it in the egg with the controller, and I know it's going to turn out Throw perfect. Throw a little shade there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yep. Oh, I, I'm the lazy man barbecue. I want to set it and forget it like the Ronco rotisserie barbecue and have it come out perfect in a few hours. Like, I'm good to go. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All good right. What stuff. else are y'all seeing here? Is there anything else that's standing out in news? There's not a whole lot of. Big I don't see a things. ton of tech news. No. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of device news that I'm seeing, which I don't yeah. know, just not saying. There was an article today. here I just saw. It said a wave of online students is clogging up the internet. The infrastructure yep. schools rely on wasn't built for virtual learning. Mm-hmm. We could dig into that a little bit, but I mean, I think it's kind of maybe self-evident, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see how it gets addressed, if it gets addressed anytime soon, which I doubt it. I mean, that's an undertaking, right? There's You're always going to push back against ISPs and say, oh, you're artificially limiting bandwidth. But when they actually hit a wall, it usually means gear, right? There's only so much you can do in software uh, to get stuff fixed. And if they've got to go lay new cable, which I don't think is their issue right now because a lot of these lines are, are some seriously dense fiber lines, but their hubs and the, you know, like the switches that you connect to at your neighborhood level and stuff like that, those those have real physical limitations to what they're going to be able to provide to the number of users at the end. And you don't usually see it because not all of your neighbors are simultaneously getting every ounce of the connection they're paying their ISP for. Um, well, now all of a sudden we are. And if they're actually hitting that wall, it's a non-trivial trivial problem. It's also well, interesting so- the way they write the article, the title. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's almost like one These generation is writing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're like writing an article that's hateful to, or not hateful, but it's like <laughs> looking down upon another generation that is so Right. And for learning internet. this time. Right. Like, yeah, and for maybe if it was right. like all these kids are at home playing their Xboxes and Playstations and playing PC <laughs> games and Fortnite on eight different devices and ruining our internet, it's like no, yeah. no, these damn kids and their education. Something I've there's all, there's only one response for it, and it's okay, boomer. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what's well, just uh, they could have written the title a number of different ways, right? That's hilarious. You know, You're so right. Increasing internet demands, you know, and, and I mean. Compared to ISPs not being able to keep up or whatever, right? And right. Whatever. Is that? Is, I don't know. <sighs> okay. That's a weird, weird way to cool. clickbait somebody. It seems seems a little overly aggressive. <laughs> Kids learning. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one thing that's just come across in the past couple of hours, which is interesting. Um, the U.S. Commerce Department has issued an order to block TikTok from all oh. U.S. app stores as of today. Wow. All right. Yeah, because I heard well, was today so they supposed had to, to be the day or did we change our date? What actually well, they had the Oracle thing. <laughs> they had the they, Oracle thing and Oracle was the quote trusted partner, right? Right. And yeah. Oracle well, now it's 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 Oracle and Walmart now, if I'm not mistaken. I saw something in the news about oh, that. Oh, I missed that part entirely. It's a Oracle and Walmart. And this is where, you know, I think we talked about earlier this week, uh, the, the Chinese government now will have a say in how this deal goes down. But um, the last snippet I saw said Oracle and Walmart and controlling share was actually uh, still sort of in that. But it had not obviously been approved yet from uh, from the Chinese government, which I, I find it hard to believe they're going to approve a U.S. conglomerate controlling share of TikTok or whatever chunk of bite dance anyways it's watching this unfold is going to be kind of neat i suppose yeah it's it's interesting (laughs) (laughs) we've talked about it way too much on the show and it's just yeah i will all over the place it needs to it needs to come to a a head and be finished i think think you're right but this is kind of a big thing if that's true and it can't be on any more apple what was what was the number right 
looking at that TikTok is it was over, installed 2700 times a minute. Yeah. yeah. It's about to not be done like that in the United States. So Now of course they can't maybe, take it off of people's phones that it's already on. They can only stop new people from accessing it. Not yet. Oh, well, well, unless you're going to sideload soon, soon like we're going to be able to do that too. <laughs> that's, that's that's your new future like yeah that's true belong to us now i kid but that's the stuff we talk about a lot you know where does it stop it doesn't <laughs> now it'll be nice Sorry. for that to, to come through then we can talk about what it actually means and what's happening it would be it'll be really neat i think to see some of the write-ups about how this went down what it means geopolitically what it means for the tech industry, what it means inside and outside of the United States um, and and elsewhere. I wonder, are folks in Europe, as an example, or Australia, are, are you even, do you even care? Or are you worried about downstream impacts of this spout between the United States and China over uh, an app, right? We should have had Kieran um, on. Our senior I know, Australian field correspondent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, is this just like curious? I'm chewing on popcorn, sitting in the sidelines, just watching China and the U.S. kind of go at it over TikTok. Or are you are you worried one way or the other that this is going to have negative impact on the way that uh, application proliferation or control uh, becomes more geopolitical instead of just you know end user specific, right? Right. Tell us. Yeah. Fair question. Okay, uh, this is probably the last topic we should touch on and we should shut it down, get on to our other calls. But uh, Tim, I think people that know you also know uh, that you're big into uh, Apple consumer products. They just had a recent uh, event. So I'm sure people are curious your take on anything. Uh, you know, if you want to make comments about the watch or the lack of an iPhone announcement or yeah. iPad things, or I'm curious what, what you think. So there's a lot of people that say that it was a lame event and it was weak and they didn't know where the iPhone, you know, announcement was and anybody who says that doesn't care so much because they made it very clear about a month ago they said look because of all this covid stuff supply chains are behind our iphone event is going to be behind we're pushing it back a month uh, or ish so you know anybody that was expecting the phone now wasn't paying attention um so they're, they're going to have that there it, it was in the grand scheme of things for what we expect this time of year it was kind of a weak event um, you know, the, the watches, it's getting interesting. I've had every version the watch has had. I'm not going to pre-order this one right now, but I will end up with it at some point. The, uh, the, the pulse oximeter on it is actually a pretty cool feature, especially now that everybody's using that a lot to, you know, check for COVID and stuff, but it, it's an interesting feature add. Uh, I think the big stars were obviously the, the new iPad with their bringing touch ID back. Um, a lot of people were complaining about Face ID. So the fact that they're doing Touch ID again and the way that they're doing it in the top button is That's interesting. News. Well, that, that just screams Orwellian to me. <laughs> yeah. I took away your chocolate ration and I gave you back half and you're supposed to be happy about your new feature? Get out of here. <laughs> also, what, I got to get one other dig in. When was the last time Apple actually had an iPhone announcement? Because I feel like we stopped actually releasing new phones anything more than like a, a bigger camera or 8,000 lenses you or something up, like 10 years <laughs> well, ago. So the good <laughs> news Tyler is like a, a caged lion when it's oh, talking about Apple. And <laughs> it's out. The good news about all of this is that nobody cares what Tyler thinks. So here we are anyway. So, That's true. But it, I'm going to continue thinking it and sharing oh, it with sure. the public. <laughs> and it's, just, it's funny to me. Like, I mean, Apple gets a lot of crap that like, oh, Android has had widgets forever. Well, yeah, but they haven't been as good. Um, and that's just me taking a step. My thing is that right. Apple, Apple is behind a lot. But I also think that they execute better. Half they the do people, execute very well. That half the people that say I'm on Android because I want to be able to customize my phone, half of them they're just using the stock OS or they're downloading it. New- <laughs> right. None of them have ever recompiled that phone to do something that it's not uh, supposed to actually do. So that argument see, is invalid, anyways. Yeah, I prefer- I started there with Android, and then you just get into the ecosystem and you keep doing what you're doing. But I, you know, I don't use the stock launcher either because I honestly battery life things, stuff like that. So yeah. I, I do a decent amount of tweaking for somebody that no longer what 
the equivalent of jailbreaks there their right. Android device, but uh, but no, I, I'm with you. Apple Apple's execution, I, you can't question it. They know how to do a catered user experience and user experience, and they're well known for it. And and they've successfully done so for a long time. Up until 2008, I was a very very vocal Apple hater. I mean, really bad. Like I talked so much trash about Apple. Um, I, I was a PC guy. I wanted the Windows phone or, you know, I wanted the Android phone that I could tweak and play with. And yeah. then I realized that every time I tweak and play with something, it breaks and I can't use it, it very well anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, I need something that I, I needed the closed ecosystem. So it, it literally the phrase, it just works. I need it to just yeah. work. Um, you needed so, a phone that protected you from yourself. It's 100% yes. <laughs> iPhone has done that. Now, that's not to say that I didn't jailbreak my early versions of like the, the iPhone 3G. And no, stuff. say this, so did I. Just to get <laughs> notifications coming. The City App Store was great. But, <laughs> but man, I just I, I love what they're doing. iOS 14 is fantastic. The new iPad OS is fantastic. Um, I love the new Watch OS. Uh, so it's, it's great. I love all their stuff. I will buy all their devices. And I'm looking forward to October or so when the iPhone comes out or when they announce it at least. So what did you think of their Fitness Plus plan? It's great, but it's not for me because I'm a Peloton user. So I'm not going to subscribe to Apple's. Yeah. Well, do you think it's going to eat into that market? Do you think it even compares? If somebody is on the fence about getting a Peloton or not, I think they're going to look in the direction of Apple Plus. But then again, a lot of people that like go the Peloton route or what have you, it's because they they want the hardware. They want to buy a bike. They don't necessarily either know or care that there's a whole slew of like strength and yoga and meditation and running and all mm. this other stuff in the app. That just is a fringe benefit. Um, yeah. So oh, I think there, there will be a little bit of competing overlap, like somebody may lose business to the other. Um, but really, I think if somebody wants the hardware, Apple doesn't have a bike. If Apple gets a bike, yeah, sure, maybe they'll be direct competitors. But until then, uh, I think it'll just be kind of a, you know, you pick one or the other. And you yeah, I also think they're big enough and they have enough of a following that that they will they're a threat just because of who they are, right? They're Oh, they're, yeah, they'll they'll find a way to steal the market. Apple. So it's it that is kind of interesting. I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't I don't pay enough attention to the especially the Oh, I just watched some of the pricing some, plans. Yeah, yeah they, they've got the fitness, they got the fitness plus, and then they're also creating packaging plans for all of their services like Apple Music, yeah. uh, iCloud Storage, Fitness Plus, Apple TV. They're they're yeah. bundling yeah. all this together. Yeah, so how many things they do now? Yeah, oh, God, that makes sense. So it, it reminds me of uh, you know Amazon too, right? They package so much under Prime yeah. at this point, or or little add-ons to Prime with music and video and those sorts of things. But it really bugs me every single year that Amazon raises their prices on the Prime subscription. But at the same token, I'm going to spend it either way because uh, literally, if we don't have to have it right this very second, we buy it on Amazon, and even if we do, we could still get two-hour delivery on some of it, so we do it anyways. So right, yeah, no, yeah. I, I love being that. close to their distribution centers. Yeah, and back to that infographic, Amazon ships nearly 6,700 packages every minute. A minute. minute. Is insane. Crazy. Absolutely insane. All right. Okay, I just noticed what time yeah. it is. We got to shut this down because I got to go. But that's it. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for sharing your exciting news and all your opinions and uh, awesome you know, info about meat and crafted beers, among other things. <laughs> Um, uh, we hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we did. If you got any feedback, things that we missed, please let us know. Come join us on the show. Share it with your friends. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. And we will talk to you next week.